Cheers, y'all. Well, 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 well. Ooh, that was a good one. Let me welcome all of you, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known internationally as Hi, the world-famous Smokin' and Toastin'. We are all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Today is show number 242. Halfway to 300. And we're getting there, man. It's pretty exciting. Uh, 242 shows, Ian, although, as, as we have mentioned before, only 241 of them actually saw the light of day. There's that mystery <laughs> I wish, episode. I wish we had the, uh, the really bitter do, episode. I, I don't think it was all that bad, but apparently our former, and let me underline former producer, uh, decided without consulting us that it was uh, that it was too bitter to air. I'm like, come on. Seriously? <laughs> it wasn't bitter. that bad. I'll show you yeah, better. I'll show you better. Let's talk Yellow Rose. Uh, no, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. That was you know I shouldn't have said that. So for the first time in actually quite some time, because uh, Mary, who does our booking, has done such a great job of getting great guests on the program that for the first time in a very long time, it's just Ian and me on the show. Crazy. Which means that our special guest today. Is actually the one and only Mr. Twirligate. Mr. Twirligate. And I have a feeling this is going to be more exciting to some of our listeners and viewers than when we have, like, you know, a big uh, brewmaster or a, uh, a cigar expert on, you know? Uh, Mr. Twirligate. We, we do get has, a lot of. He has his own fandom. <laughs> it's really weird. I, I'm surprised the show has any fandom at all, much less that one of the members on it uh, has, has sort of a fan club of their own. And. Of course, not surprisingly at all, it is neither you nor me. It is Mr. Twirly Gig. So, Mr. Twirly Gig. We so need like a whole he, separate page for him. Yeah, we totally do. We actually should do like a Facebook page for Mr. Twirly Gig. <laughs> yeah, you know how people sometimes have done that for like their pet turtle or something and it's wound up mm -hmm. with 100,000 followers or something like that? It's, uh, it's pretty good. Uh, pretty good thing to do i guess i don't know i just don't spend that much time on social media anymore so i so i, I my wife actually has to show me posts and stuff she'll go oh did you see the the facebook post i'll be like no i didn't uh can you show me please <laughs> <laughs> wiki brian is stating that it is in fact son of twirly gig which is, is fact, true yes however uh um since uh since he is the only twirly gig at the moment he is right. also known as mr and, and this Mr. Twirly Gig has eyes, which is yes. you know, uh, an added Twirly Gig feature. So, uh, for those of you who don't know, Mr. Twirly Gig is what we somehow started calling our little, you know, very cheap ass rotating thing that we had here that we would occasionally put. That, that might have been coined by Wiki Brian. It might have been, might have been. Uh, but in any case, uh, it it seems to have caught on more so than any of the serious stuff that we do here <laughs> on the show. And you know what? That's uh, that's just fine with me. Well, welcome to the program. 242 is the show we are on. We will be talking today about the best rums in the world, according to the San Francisco World uh, Spirits Competition. And I thought, you know, with it being smoking and toasting, the way we always pull things together, I thought that'd be a perfect time to taste a tequila. 
So we'll, yes, <laughs> exactly. So you follow my logic, right? I'm uh, following your your pathologic. We'll be uh, tasting the Leyenda del Milagro Select Barrel Reserve Añejo Tequila, which now sits atop Mr. Torley gig, moving rather slowly. It looks pretty. Also, uh, I'd like to point out, and I always appreciate this. Uh, yeah. So I don't. I want you to think I ever take it for granted, which is why I always mention it that you have already taken the plastic off the top and yes. cleared the neck of the bottle, so there will be no. Uh, so so it'll be easy to things. pour, no random spillage. Yes, yes. absolutely. It's, Thank it's you something for that. I, I take it very seriously. This I feel like it's one of my duties here <laughs> on smoking and toasting. Um, in addition to that, uh, we'll be tasting some beers. And by the way, I want you guys to to note this: today's day is Thursday, July fifteenth. It's show number two hundred and forty-two, because this day may go down. Is, did Mr. Twirly Gig just grind to a halt? He's done that now. I, I don't know if we're out of batteries. Oh, we, we might be out of batteries. Oh, what a disappointment that he finally gets his big moment. Do you have a power supply with again. the micro USB? Because uh, I think we can uh, just power I, Yeah, I think we can probably come up with something here. Here. Uh, uh, oh, no, that's that's to an Apple thing. Uh, I'll figure Apple. it out. Uh, okay, so uh, as, I was, uh, as I was saying, this date, July 15th, 2021, show number 242, is actually, I believe... A day to mark in smoking and toasting history, because Ian has brought uh, one of the beers today, and it'll be the first one that we taste. And unless I'm mistaken, it is less than nine percent alcohol by volume. <laughs> I was wondering where so you were going. This with may this. be a smoking and toasting first. <laughs> because Ian usually starts at nine and goes upward from there, and just just yeah. moves from there. Yeah, yes. exactly. So, uh, no, you brought in uh, something you've been talking about for a while uh, from Eleven Below Brewing. Uh, their Taco Tuesday. It's a margarita style blonde ale. Yes. And have you had this? Uh, I have. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it'll be interesting to. But, but uh, I'm going to wait for your re response on yeah, this. Be interesting uh, to, to taste it together. I will tell you though that uh, Eleven Below has been crushing it, man. They yeah, I like so those guys many, a lot. So many good beers. They're from here in our hometown mm -hmm. of. Houston, and they have uh, been putting out some really good stuff. Yeah. Uh, I like their what is it called? Duck sauce is their IPA? Is it yeah. uh, uh, lame duck? No, it's, no, I think it's duck sauce. Could maybe be. I'm, maybe I can't remember, but I, I know the one you're talking. They have. The I know what it little, looks. I know what the the can right. They have the like funny that. little cartoon duck on yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty good stuff. Uh, from Wilmington Brewing Company in Wilmington, North Carolina, we'll be sampling their kitten biscuit. It's a New England style IPA. So I have not tried this. Kitten. So Biscuit. Kitten biscuit. All right. Yeah, yeah. There's got to be a two story great, behind that. Two name. great things that I don't know if they go together <laughs> or not, but we'll find out. And then um, Founders Brewing, which we're we're both pretty big fans of. I love I think, Founders. I think we've had one Founders product on the show we weren't crazy about, and it was their their uh, 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 seltzer. Seltzer. Yeah. Yeah. We weren't crazy about their seltzer, uh, but beyond that, we're pretty big fans of almost everything Founders does. They do something called the Bottle Shop series, which is like limited releases mm. from these guys. And today we'll be tasting one from the Bottle Shop series. It's called Nemesis. It is a barley wine style ale. So I we'll love be looking wine. forward to uh, to checking that out. Those guys from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, we mentioned the uh, the tequila. Uh, so that's going to be good. Our uh, program, by the way, is brought to you by our fine sponsors at MyCigarShirts.com. Uh, they're a great shirts for uh, cigar lovers on the web, and they're reasonably priced, and they're good shirts. And you can check them out at MyCigarShirts.com because... Cigars. Yeah, please support them because they support 
the show. We have uh, comments already coming in, Ian. We do. Uh, Alan Denny just mentions tacos are delicious. Oh, yes. I, Bruce I, Stark says Founders has got to be good. It's from Michigan. Of course, he, yeah, he's always he is listening from Michigan. from Michigan. Yeah, that's right. Um, um, uh, I was just going to mention about our, our buddy, uh, Alan Denny. Uh, I miss getting to see him this weekend. We had a chance to get together, you and I, which doesn't happen nearly often enough right. over the weekend. And a- actually, Alan was supposed to be there, and I think he was a little under the weather, so he didn't make it. So, um, but that, uh, that will have to be a next time. We drank many beers in his honor yes. and enjoyed. What, um, what was that? You had You brought a beer... That I really loved from uh, Eighth Wonder. It was the Red Ale. Is that Cougar Paw? The Cougar Paw. That Cougars are the good... uh, U of H, University yeah. of Houston uh, team. Yeah. And, uh, and so they make a Red Ale called Cougar Paw because, of course, the Boy, uh, red a... and white are yeah. the. Boy, that was a good beer. Yeah, it's a great yeah. beer. Yeah. yeah. Um, and see, Eighth Wonder is another one of those that just crushes it on some of those beers. Well, they make one called uh, Tex. Yes, which is a great pilsner. Which is a, an amazingly good pilsner. Yeah, it's a good yeah, too. It's very, very good. And well, we we enjoyed uh, we enjoyed a number of different brews and a uh, um, yeah between that and the eighteen thirty six yeah oh from uh, See, so, from Buffalo Bayou. So you're talking about three different Houston breweries right right there that yeah. just crush it, you yeah. know? Because uh, Buffalo Bayou, those guys, wow, they 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 do it right. They do it right. And, you know, it, it's very interesting. I, I read a, an article about, you know, how Austin is kind of the darling of Texas when mm. it comes to how the rest of the country looks at Texas because Austin's so creatively weird and, you know, it's where South by Southwest happens and all that kind of stuff. But uh, the article said, you know what? Austin is, like, kind of out of control these days. Like, the traffic has gotten just horrible and, and uh, uh, it's hard to find a decent Price place to rent, and uh, uh, the article I was reading said we've got all that cool stuff here in Houston. One of the things it talked about yeah. was how good the craft beer scene is. Yeah, it's in really this good. town. You think of Austin, and Austin does have a spectacular mm. oh, yeah. craft beer scene. There's no doubt about Not it. Not knocking it, but uh, Houston. But Houston doesn't own. always get its due. People I, I people overlook right. Houston for cuisine and for uh, for beer. It's absolutely I, crazy. I, I think that's right. I uh, I'm I've been really impressed, and and there's new breweries opening here all the time. Time, all which the is time. crazy. Uh, we had the uh, uh, the guy from True Anomaly Brewing Company, Michael Duckworth, was here with us last week. They're basically next door to Eighth Wonder, yep. and uh, I can see both of them from my house. It's they a are pretty cool literally uh, like two blocks away from each yeah, other. Yeah, they're uh, you can walk from one to the other very easily. If you go into the Heights, there's a few breweries that are like that yep, too. Yep. you can park at one brewery and then just wander off, and there's another one. There's great another Heights one. is a great is a cool, good brewery. Yeah. yeah, there's so many good ones in the Heights. So, um, well, anyway, we'll uh, we'll get to some beers. We'll get to some some tequila, and we'll, of course, be doing uh, drinking news. Our drinking news teaser headline for you today is, uh, this guy really loves McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get to that uh, coming up, plus a lot of things uh, in the news, including new cigars to watch for. Uh, we didn't get to this last week, so I'm hoping we will today. The 22 best gifts to get a beer lover. And uh, we're is, going. Is number one beer? Uh, yeah, that would be my number one. <laughs> and uh, and speaking of, by the way, um, uh, things that a list that I would make, uh, I did make since we're going to be doing this uh, this list from the International uh, World Spirits Competition of the best rums. I put a short list together of my favorite rums. Oh, a, I didn't know where to put some yeah, together, but well, I can at least pull a few we, together in my brain. Yeah, you can do that. Uh, you you know what you like. Um, so anyway, we'll uh, we'll share that about rum, and we will also talk about um, uh, 
um, new cigars to watch for. There are a couple of really cool new things coming out because the uh, the trade show just happened in Las Vegas. So yes. there's been a lot of announcement of new cigars or addition to lines and stuff. And so we'll get to that. Speaking of cigars, I'm assuming you may have had an opportunity to uh, smoke something interesting this Why, week. Why, sir? Would I, I be did. Correct? Yeah, uh, you know, uh, I was I was perusing the uh, humidor over at Casa and just looking for something that I hadn't had, and I came across this uh, crowned heads that I haven't had. Oh, nice. It's the J.D. Howard Single Action Petite Lancero. <laughs> that sounds almost deadly, doesn't it? J.D. Howard is apparently the uh, alias that um, oh one of the old gunslingers used, and I can't. I'm blanking on it right now. Uh, if only we had some sort of a, <laughs> if a only there was a portable device. device where we could look and up and single that. action uh, being the uh, pistol that he uh, loved so much. I'm totally. I don't know why I'm blanking on it right now. Uh, J D Howard. Uh, well, he's a dentist in Dover, New Hampshire. <laughs> well, there's that too. Uh, yeah. Uh, wow. I'm I'm actually not picking up. Let J- me see if I can. J D Howard Dental is the first thing that comes up when you Google J D Howard. Good for that guy. Let's see here. Yeah. There's a. And, um, uh, it was an alias for uh, Jesse James. That's what it was. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, Used when living in Nashville around 1875. The name Single Action is taken from one of the uh, one of James' guns of choice, the Colt uh, Single Action Army. Colt Single Action. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it well, took me a minute. I, uh, I did still have that up though. And by the way, a, a damn fine dentist. If you happen to be in Dover, right? New Hampshire. <laughs> and a dentist. So uh, go go and visit him. He'll, who who he'll has get you, much Google clout? He'll get you straightened <laughs> right out. Yeah, he'll get you straightened right out. So yeah, so uh, this is a petite Lancero. It's six by thirty-eight. So this is your second Lancero in a row. You did a Lancero. Oh, last I did. Week. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. How about that? See, yeah, well, and I also saw a new. Uh, well, we'll get to that later. Um, uh, so anyway, the, uh, it's got a Brazilian wrapper, Ecuadorian uh, binder, Nicaragua filler. The appearance on this is uh, ruddy brown, a little bit rustic overall, single band on it. Uh, medium firmness with some soft spots. Got a little pigtail on the end. You know, I love those up, little pigtails. Yeah, Especially good for a Lancero because right. you can kind of twist it off of there and not have to worry about clipping. You know. Uh, well, see, I didn't, I didn't do that. You used, you used a, a, a guillotine? Clip. Okay. So uh, the prelate sniff on this earthy barnyard fermented hay, chocolate and coffee notes kind of at the foot of it. Uh, the prelate draw, I used a clip. It had a little <clears> bit of a twi- uh, tight draw to it, not enough to really distract, but a little bit tight. Uh, and, and the flavors I was getting on the prelate draw were um, sweet baking chocolate and creamy coffee, uh, some, some earth, some leather, and some uh, campfire was mm. going on with this. The uh, initial light. Uh, I didn't write much on the initial light. It was it was very two dimensional. It was pepper and campfire. Okay, well, like, that, that's very a, big. Necessarily Not a bad, a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. No, the, the, first... only, the only thing is you'd be disappointed if it doesn't venture beyond that. As right, you smoke right. It, right. Well, sometimes the, the initial light on a cigar can be very one or two dimensional, mm-hmm. and, and and that's that's okay. The first third of the sweet creamy coffee backed by pepper and chocolate, pleasant classic tobacco flavor, uh, retrohale strong pepper and campfire, solid ash perfect burn mm, nice this thing burned great the second third of this more of the same developing in nuttiness uh and dark fruit uh tanginess uh, developing a nuttiness and dark fruit tanginess uh strong cedar notes uh, appear here retro hail is pepper and cedar solid ash perfect burn the third third of this cigar the last third of the cigar cedar and pepper kind of ramped up a bit Sweet coffee and chocolate flavors persist. Underlying nuttiness remains. Fruitiness gives way to leather and rich chocolate. Earth, solid ash, and perfect burn. Mm. 
At this point in time, I got distracted in a conversation with a gentleman named Tony up there who was quite entertaining to talk to, and I didn't write the rest of it. <laughs> didn't uh, write the rest of the review. But that's okay. Yeah. But, uh, because uh, basically what we're down to now is the price versus quality, and, right. uh, and it's fresh on my mind. I'll jot it down on my notes later, so I have it. But uh, this was a $9.5 cigar. For a Lancero. For a Lancero. A 6 by 38 That's a lot for a small cigar. It did, however, despite the fact that it was only a medium firmness and it had some soft spots, it burned perfectly, yeah, and it lasted a little over an hour. Yeah, that was a long smoke for a little cigar. So I'm not complaining about that price at all. Uh, flavor profile wise, I thought it was really, really nice. If you're a person that's about a medium minus uh, overall, if you're a person looking to step up a little bit from a mild cigar, mm -hmm. or maybe even a more robust uh, but mild, you cigar, but you don't want to go too far. Yeah, and want to step into the next thing and have a nice, smooth, uh, creamy cigar that's not too harsh or too strong this mm -hmm. is a great step to go to it was uh it was right at that uh right at that slightly below the middle of medium i think um so i recommend a cigar i would buy it again uh so i'm going to give it a solid five you get exactly okay. what you pay for uh the flavors while they're not super complex they're very good and say the name of the cigar again this is the jd howard it's crown heads jd crown howard jd howard and the size is the petite lancero good crown heads is, is or the pretty, single a action. pretty consistent cigar company yeah i've been pretty happy i don't know that i've tried a whole lot of things that i didn't like from them right. actually uh i can't think of anything off the top of my head uh Good stuff. How about you? Good stuff. Um, I kind of went uh, a different direction uh, this week. I, I did. We talk about this every once in a while that that it's it's always so tempting to grab the newest and the latest, and yes. uh, and so I went uh, against that uh, that trend a little bit this week, and went with a classic. Uh, I smoked the La Gloria Cubana classic Wavell Maduro Robusto. Oh, nice. And uh, this is a really nice-looking uh, little cigar. Nothing too fancy, just kind of a classic look for the bands. But, you know, they, mm -hmm. they do it upright, but it doesn't look like they're trying to get you know, too carried away, too fancy with it, and and that's uh, that's actually really cool. Uh, the whole look of it goes along with it being part of their classic line. Right. Um, the blend on the classic was actually pioneered by cigar legend Ernesto P. Carrillo, so uh, that sets the bar pretty high. Yeah. Because E. P. Carrillo, mm, you know, he kind of knows what he's doing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, this the dark Maduro wrapper is uh, Connecticut shade. The binder and filler tobacco are Ecuadorian, Mexican, and Dominican, and I'm getting a spam call, which I apologize for. Um, Your car warranty is about to expire. Yes, I, I have a feeling it is. Um, so, uh, Connecticut Shade uh, Maduro Wrapper, Binder and Filler, Ecuadorian, uh, Me Mexican, and Dominican. The pre-light sniff on it gave off a hint of chocolate with kind of deep earth and leather uh, notes. The draw was nice and easy uh, once I used a punch and on the pre-light draw picked up a little bit of nuttiness in right. there as well which was nice. Um, I was pretty impressed with the initial flavors. Some black pepper along with an oaky vibe and mm -hmm. hints of leather. Uh, I didn't get as much chocolate smoking it as I had on the pre-light, which is interesting because I thought, okay, here comes one of those you right. know, kind of chocolate bombs, but it wasn't really like that. It was, though, a very pleasant mix of flavors that dominated the first third. Uh, burn was near perfect. Um, the ash looked a little flaky, but it held on tight all the way into the second third. Nice wow. volume of smoke, rich flavors with a little lemon zest creeping in in the second third. 
I finally tipped the ash off at almost the halfway point. Oh, wow. Uh, because I needed to, I, and I think it would have held on longer, but I needed to remove the lower band. It was about to start <laughs> burning the lower band. Uh, so it stayed solid, probably would have held on longer. Uh, in fact, in one of the pictures, I actually show the the chunk of it in my little green ashtray. Uh, it's just <laughs> so like you tip a, it off a, and you can yeah. hear the ash hit the ashtray yeah. clunk. Right. It, you, it, makes a, it makes a sound, which you, you know is uh, you know is something pretty solid. Um, uh, the final third didn't change a whole lot flavor-wise, but that was okay. Uh, there was a hint of salt on the retrohale. Uh, not enough to be distracting, but just the right amount to make you kind of crave another puff. You know, you know, like when you eat mm-hmm. a good, like salty tortilla chip, and then oh, yeah. that salt makes you go, "Ooh, I want another one." You know, uh, it was kind of like that with uh, with the cigar. Uh, it certainly is not as strong as the powerhouse uh, Serie R from that, that La Gloria Cabana, but very few cigars are as strong yeah. as that. Uh, this was uh, still though medium to full all the way through, which surprised me a little. I was ex- expecting it to be. Maybe on the lower side of medium, and instead it was definitely, you know, uh, just a few ticks. When below I think full. Gloria Cabana, yeah. I always think that's that's going right. to straight up be in the full yep, range. Absolutely. My only critique, and it's a fairly small one, uh, is that it seemed to smoke a little fast. Now it didn't smoke too hot. I want to make that right. clear. Uh, it it actually smoked pretty much perfectly in terms of, you know, the flavors and and all of that, but. It only took me about 40 minutes to complete the cigar. Mm-hmm. And generally, a Robusto will run me closer to an hour. Uh, so, you know, again, not too bad. And I was enjoying it. I, I, I guess maybe I just wished it had lasted a little longer. <laughs> so, uh, so Leave them wanting, right? That's, that's only a minor critique, yeah. Uh, burn, learn, learn when to walk out of the room. Yes, that's right. Leave them wanting more. Uh, the burn was solid all the way through. Never got harsh at all, which was great. Um, my lesson, I think, or the lesson to me... Uh, from smoking the Maduro Classic is that sometimes when a company that's been around for a while, like La Gloria Cubana, releases, you know, newer and maybe sexier blends, you know, things that are maybe more exotic, uh, it can be easy to forget about the originals. Yeah. And in this case, that would be a mistake with La Gloria because it, it, I'm, I'm going to put this cigar in my regular humidor rotation. Regular rotation I, uh, I enjoyed it that much, uh, especially given the price. It's 5 to $6 each. And uh, I recommend the cigar with a big thumbs up. I'll give it a five and a half uh, as price to quality. And Ernesto strikes again. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. All right, let's take a break, uh, Ian, because I'm ready to start uh, tasting some beer. And I'm very curious about Taco Tuesday. You've you've uh, tasted it already. I but but I, you got to love the name. The name's so awesome. So we're starting out in a good place. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, and so we'll uh, be back to do some tasting. Plus I'll tell you about some of the new cigars that are coming up and uh, oh, you know the uh, uh, website for famous smoke shop? Yeah. It's down. I'll tell you why coming up. Ooh. All right, a couple quick things. Can we get some batteries or a Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. This show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. It's show number 242. And we are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. It's a, it's a great site with shirts for cigar lovers. They start under 20 bucks. Super they've got, comfy uh, cotton. Uh, yeah, great uh, great T-shirts for summer. And then for the fall, they've got uh, hoodies and, and sweatshirts and other cool stuff, too. So um, check them out. Uh, they're kind of snarky cigar lover sayings, and they're, they're fun. I think you'll enjoy them. MyCigarShirts.com, because... 
Cigars. Cigars. Yes, sir. All right, uh, Ian, there is uh, there is something going on with Famous Smoke Shop. You may have heard of these guys. They're, uh, they're an actual brick-and-mortar uh, location called Famous uh, Smoke Shop. Uh, they have a store and lounge, but they're probably known to most people uh, because they are, um, you know, one of the ones that send out catalogs. I mm-hmm. get a catalog from them every, yeah, I get them all the time. every so often, and I, you know, always enjoy leafing through. Even if I don't order anything, I love leafing right. through those. It's like cigar porn, you know. You just yeah. kind of like, ooh, look at that. That looks good. I haven't thought uh, about this well, one in a while. Look famous is down. Uh, they were victim of a ransomware attack, according to the company's CEO. Oh, no. And uh, they were one of 1,500 businesses that were globally hit by a cyber attack over the 4th of July weekend. They said his company's data has been scrambled by the cyber criminals who have offered to unscramble it all if they pay a ransom. So uh, I don't know what they'll do, but I feel really bad. And, it, you know, that he, sucks. Hopes, he hopes actually to have the problem cleared up very shortly without his company data he can't make any sales so what i would just say is uh i feel really bad for these guys and once you notice they are back online eh, go buy a couple cigars from them yeah you know just to support them because think about it think about any business Uh, you know unless you're making just money just hand over fist being out of business for a week you know uh, there were bars that had to close completely down during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. That's a very difficult thing Some to come back make from. It. And a lot of them didn't make it. But a, a lot of businesses, you think about how far in the red you go by just not being able to sell anything for a week. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it's tough. And and coming back from pandemic times, these are you know. So anyway, support the guys at Famous Smoke Shop. I believe their website is Famous Smoke Shop shop.com and you can go check them out and 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 see if they are back they were working on getting back um but yeah that's that's awful these uh yeah that's these cyber attacks are just uh, that's a very frustrating uh, very frustrating thing so uh welcome back to the show as i mentioned we are going to taste some taco tuesday and this is uh 11 below brewing from uh the greater houston area ian brought this one in does it say what the abv is on this because i'm assuming it's not nine it's 4.7 wow that's even below five does that freak you out a little uh, bit? Uh, th- only that, not at all, except that it was you that brought it in. Taco Tuesday is arguably the best day of the week, so it requires the ultra-refreshing margarita-inspired beer to make it, to take it to the next level. Uh, poolside, beachside, inside or outside, Taco Tuesday makes every day a party. Now, I'll just mention this before you open this and, and, and I smell it or taste it. I'm a little suspicious of beers... That are going for a flavor of some kind of mixed drink. Uh, pina colada beers. I'm not saying there's no good ones. I'm just saying I'm often a little suspicious of them. And margarita beers seem like they could I mean, also could be a, fall into that category. Could be a canned clamata. Exactly. Yeah, Michelada it, it could with be, clamata. Yeah, it could be something which, again, sounds like some sort of transmissible uh, sexual situation. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> But I, I'm a, I'm a little suspicious of it. Doesn't mean that it's not going to be good. But uh, that's that's a kind of a hard thing for a beer to do and do well. I think, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm gonna let you try this for yourself and see. So, uh, how is this something that's relatively new? Did this come out this year? Uh, it's pretty new, as far as I know. I've seen it a couple times, but I decided to pick it up because it's just funny. Also, it has the little recycle symbol and it says Basura No Mames. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> in other words, don't throw it in the garbage. Yes. Recycle yeah. it. Uh, El Basura No Mames. Yeah, the little, the little taco for... with the uh, 
with, mustache with the, yeah, the mustache and sunglasses. And the sunglasses. Is pretty awesome. Yeah, I do like it. Well, they uh, Eleven Below is always uh, actually very creative with their cans. They uh, their cans and, they, are, are and there's designed. a picture of a salt and a lime, so you don't actually have to so, get one. Hmm, okay. Uh, well. On the nose, uh, it kind of smells like a beer and a margarita. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it you does. get a little of that liminess that mm-hmm. uh, the margarita would have. A, There's a, a little saltiness of, to the, the, the smell saltiness, too. Yep, uh, but it still kind of smells like like a beer. So, mm-hmm. all right. So let's. I'm, see I'm so do. interested to see what's going to happen with this because I have tried this, and uh, mm. well, let's see. He's making the. He's going in for the second sip. He's making the face. He's making decisions. He's calculating. You can see it happening in his <laughs> eyes. I'm not sure. That to, was exactly to be my totally reaction. Honest. I'm really not sure. I'm not saying I don't like it, but I, I almost find myself asking why. You know what what drove them to to try this, and, and and you know maybe just the idea of doing something different. And it certainly is different. I can't think of a single thing to compare it to in the world of beer. No, it's it's very unique. It's, it's incredibly unique. So you got to give them points for that. It's it's very unique, and I think he, I think that they do capture. The margarita in this beer. They so, do. I'm I will just not say sure this. So your reaction to be is done. almost identical to mine. Interesting. I did the same thing. I had to do a double take, and then I and I was completely undecided. I will tell you this: um, that we should probably just uh, uh, have a little fun, move on from this, let it warm up a little and bit, come and try it again it? because I think you'll be super surprised at what happens once well, it warms up. A little you know, bit. it's really interesting because there are some beers and some spirits, by the way, that. As I sip them a little more, it it kind of I don't know whether it, it it just opens up something you begin to detect more. But there's been some things that at first I've thought were just yeah okay, and by the time I got you know to the end of the glass or the end of the cup or whatever, I'm like okay I kind of get it. And then you have a little more, and it's like all right this is not bad. I think you know? so. I think what happens, especially with a beer that's this polarizing, mm-hmm. I think a lot of times what happens is first off, it's nothing like what you expect. And they can put they could put margarita inspired, they could put a little salt and lime on there and a little taco. But you're not ready for this. No. <laughs> like that's you're a good just way not. To put it. And yeah. and it's very different. So I think part of it is you get that knee jerk reaction of you're reaching for a Coca-Cola and you get a sip of Sprite, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's not that it's bad, but it's like what is that? What is right. happening? So that's the first reaction. The second reaction, I think that happens is your palates take some adjustments sometimes. Think about like like when we eat spicy food, okay? Mm-hmm. The first bite of something spicy is always really spicy. And as you eat more of it, you get more acclimated to it. And yeah. it's not as spicy by the fourth right. or fifth bite. So I think I think your palate sometimes needs acclimated. The first sip of whiskey is like that. You know, the mm-hmm. first sip of whiskey can be a little hot sometimes. Yeah, and can be a little jarring. And a few jarring. sips in. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. a few sips in, you're like, okay, now my yeah. palate's here a little comes, more adjusted. Here comes the flavors. Here comes right, the... Right, exactly. right. And, and I think that right there is a part of what we go through. The other thing is, you're absolutely right. Cold masks certain flavors. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, that's why if you're going to drink a, a lot of the insert macro brew name here, a lot of times you want it ice cold. You want it so cold that you can't taste most of the Because beer. you want to enjoy the beeriness of it without right, really without getting, getting all the, the rice gritty, uh-huh. uh, funky flavors that go in there. And that's also like some beers just don't taste good warm. Uh, you know, you don't let a 
Coors Light set out and get warm and then enjoy it. Yeah, that's why those blue mountains there's, are such a big deal with those the, guys. There's the early, like, if those early mountains, detection system. If those mountains aren't blue, <laughs> run away. Danger, yeah. Will Robinson. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I, I will say, though, two things. Number one, it's probably the salty taste of this, but it does have a little bit of what I call the Doritos effect going on, Yeah, which is it kind of makes you go... I think I'll have another set. It does that. It's, yeah. it, this is a clever beer more than yes. anything. Yeah. So the initial taste of this doesn't make me go, man, I really want a bunch of this. And you'll notice right. I'm actually not touching mine right now. Well, and, and that was the second thing I was going to say is I'm not sure I'm going to like this better when it warms up. I think. I, I may go the other direction. So what happens is when it's cold, mm-hmm. it masks a lot of flavors. A lot. And as it warms up. Those flavors are released, especially the darker, warmer flavors in mm-hmm. a beer. I'm talking about more like the maltier the maltiness, flavors and things yeah, like yeah, that. Mm-hmm. You get a lot more of those things. Um, uh, just like a, a, a frozen margarita and a and a non-frozen margarita and a warm margarita all slightly taste different. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think this one benefits a little bit from warming up. We'll see. Uh, one of the things that I would tell you about actual margaritas and i love a good margarita but i want it ice cold oh i get mine frozen if it if it gets if it gets a little warm and it feels kind of diluted it's just so disappointing you know what i mean I, like, yeah i get mine yeah. frozen i, I want to if i'm having a margarita <laughs> on the rocks it's not frozen i want to make sure that when i empty the glass there's still a lot of ice there in the glass if it has a chance to melt into the margarita, it just almost waters down the tequila too much. W- Wiki Brian comments: The brewers were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. <laughs> <laughs> that could be. I don't think I'm going to like this better as it warms up. Really? I think I want it cold if I'm going to. I have found it. this uh, was actually just a little bit warmer. Was actually a much nicer beer. Hmm. It was interesting beer, and the margarita flavors actually come through much bigger when it's warmed up. Now, I find it's drinkable. I find it's it's good. It's probably not something I reach for all the time, and I do love uh, some of Eleven Below's offerings. Uh, their Oso Bueno, I think, is yes, an amazing Oso beer. Is great. Their Oktoberfest last year mm-hmm. was quite man. Good. I couldn't drink enough of that. And and I gotta give them credit for trying to do something that's not your. Yeah, it's not just another IPA or another blonde ale, although it is a blonde ale, but you, you know what I'm saying. It's it's something they really went for something different on, and I give them credit for that. But I also got to say, I got to give them credit. This is drinkable. Yes. It's not it's not outside the realm of drinkable, and it's very different. So, hey, mm-hmm. kudos for making a product that is that different and drinkable. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, see, warming up a little bit, mm, now some of the sweetness comes out. It just tastes a little bit better to me. It's really quite good. It's it's weird until it's it? not because your first because yeah. your first reaction <laughs> no. is I don't know about that. Yeah, and, and and I still kind of feel that way, but yet at the same time I find that I'm enjoying drinking it. You know what I mean? I know that seems like a total contradiction, but that's right. that's the interesting nature of this beer, is that it 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 would be easy for me to go. Yeah, no, this isn't for me. And yet I find that I keep reaching for it and taking another So sip. it has that the ice is melted in my soft drink mm-hmm. after I finish mm-hmm. my soft drink kind of thing, you know? And that's what I think the coldness masks a little bit. That's why I like it better, I think, cold. See, and I, mine's warmed up a little bit. I like it better now because mm-hmm. uh, I like those warmer uh, 
uh, like you get a little more of that lime pulp kind of flavor to it instead mm-hmm. of just like a lime squirt flavor. So I'm going to, uh, uh, we're going to keep talking about beer here, but I'm change change it up just a little bit and ask you a question because I, I discovered this is kind of true for me. I was young. I needed the money. Yes. Okay. And, and it's, it's important that you admit that. <laughs> uh, no, I've discovered that something that's true for me is when I hear about another celebrity beer, or a celebrity uh, spirit of some kind, a tequila or a whiskey or whatever. Um, I have a tendency to think, oh, man, really? Did we need that? Unless it's an you artist say or what you want, somebody but that mm, I... hops yeah. wasn't so bad. Well, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> that wasn't where I thought you were going, but no. But there's a good idea. There's a good example of how it's easy to like go, ah, oh, yeah, we didn't need that, right? Yeah. Uh, and but then when somebody comes along that you're like, well, I really kind of like that band, or I really like that artist, or or you know, Metallica's blackened uh, whiskey. I mean, they you know, it's good whiskey. Make all the fun of them you want. That's a good whiskey. And Dave Pickerel did them right. You know, on on. I mean, they they did it the right way by yeah. finding somebody who really knew whiskey and not just slapping their name on a product. So anyway, there's something coming out, and. I kind of want to make fun of it, but I, but I can't because I, I, I really want to taste it. Uh, Knucklebones Brewing and Calicraft Brewing Company uh, are uh, doing a taproom release event in the San Francisco Bay Area the weekend of the 23rd, 24th, and 25th of this month at the Calicraft headquarters and taproom. If you're in the California area, Mitchell Drive, Walnut Creek, California is where it is located. They are going to be releasing ACDC beers. Oh, yeah. man, I wish I had my ukulele. Yeah. <laughs> well, what would you be doing, Back in Black? Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That, that seems to be probably the easiest <laughs> ukulele ver- uh, version that you could do. So Knucklebones and Calicraft have announced their plans to launch a new music-branded beverage uh, with two ACDC officially licensed beers. It's ACDC Power Up. That's PWR and then UP, Juicy IPA, and the ACDC TNT Double IPA. So nice. these are these are new brews that are that are coming, and um, they, they've actually done it right because. And maybe I'll just uh, see if I can enlarge that picture enough to show it uh, to the camera here. But uh, but these these cans look like ACDC, as you can see there. And I'll turn this around and show it to you, Ian. But as you, but as you can you see, know, take, those look like ACDC. Oh yeah, right? yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. So taking the uh, taking the uh, cue from Iron Maiden, I'm sure. Uh huh. Yeah. And Robertson's Brewing, which, by the way, all of the Iron Maiden beers are worthy. They're yeah. good. Yeah. Well, you know, I, it's it's you know, there's something about you know maybe the harder bands that they have like they've got to hold on to just a little more cred. Like they can't just. It's not just like a pop. You know, pop sellout thing. You know, they gotta they gotta make sure their fans don't go. Eh, you're selling out. You're selling out. And so, so the quality's got to be there. You know. Yeah. If Ariana Grande did a beer, and it wasn't that good, you just go, yeah, whatever. She's a pop star. You know what I mean? Like you wouldn't hold her to the same standard. But ACDC is gonna put their name on a beer. It's like their fans are gonna give them a tough time. ACDC has been doing the same thing. Since they started, I, I, and they absolutely rock at it. Yes, I remember. Um, uh, I read once that the Rolling Stone review of ACDC's first album 
called it a low point in the history of rock and roll, <laughs> <laughs> which which just goes to show you sometimes things uh, yeah. things age well. ACDC definitely uh, definitely aged well. But uh, anyway, if you are in the California area, look for these, and I think we're going to actually try to get uh, someone from Knucklebones or Calicraft on the show, uh, maybe via Skype, just to tell oh, us how did they get hooked up with ACDC. Yeah, to right. Me, that's that's uh, you know usually if it's a if it's a brewer we'd like to have them in so we can taste, but it, but in this case. If they got an ACDC connection, I'll, I'll you know we can we can yeah, check them yeah. out. we can check them out. Well, yeah. So it's tough. It's tough with the celebrity connections because sometimes they're uh, sometimes they're good, but most right. of the times it's just it's just a marketing ploy. Hops, hops. Uh, yeah, it's and, drinkable. And like Conor McGregor's I whiskey, him away. which he sold for like bazillions of dollars. Which I mean, is... you gotta, that's crazy. But yeah. uh, you know he lost. I don't know if you follow fights at all. I don't really. But I couldn't. I couldn't miss the headlines. I guess he broke his leg and lost horribly in the UFC fight over the weekend. Oh no! Yeah. So no, I hadn't kept up uh, with yeah, it. There's actually quite a bit of ridicule of him on the web. Oh wow! Because uh, he was. Uh, yeah, he wasn't all that competitive apparently. So. Oh wow. Yeah, so if you're if you're into dumping on Conor McGregor, you might enjoy. Uh, he, <laughs> well, as a fighter, I you know I can't you can't dump on him mm-hmm. as as a whiskey. Yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. good. That just really wasn't good. All right, I tell you what, uh, we're going to take a break and we will return uh, with Wilmington Brewing Company's Kitten Biscuit. Kitten Biscuit. Kitten Biscuit. It's an IPA, New England style. They're from Wilmington, North Carolina, and I don't believe we've had any of their beers on here. I don't think so. Either. So this will be a first. Uh, so that's going to be coming up. Plus, we're only a couple of segments away from drinking news, and um, we'll be uh, talking to you about the best rums in the world. Coming up, best rums in the world. Smoking and right now. It was almost like added percussion, wasn't it? Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. It's the radio show, podcast, and video extravaganza that is all about fine spirits, craft beer, and hand-rolled cigars. Today's show number 242. We're talking about the best rums in the world. And, uh, you know, as much as I love having great guests, and we have had some great guests, uh, it's kind of fun to just uh, just be able to goof around with you on a show again. Uh, this is, we, haven't, we haven't done this in a while. <laughs> we haven't done that in a while. <laughs> yeah, so this is, uh, so is going to be a lot of fun. Um, <clears throat> we want to taste a, uh, an IPA. That comes to us from Wilmington Brewing in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, and it is uh, called Kitten Biscuit. And I found two possible explanations on the web for Kitten for Biscuit. Kitten Biscuit. Yeah, one is there's actually a, you can actually buy treats for your cat called Kitten Biscuits. Okay. Uh, so that makes some sense, right? But another is um, when, uh, and I always called it making donuts. But some people apparently call it making biscuits when cats yeah, do when they're the, kneading. the kneading thing. So kitten biscuit may be the kneading of a cat. So that may be the inspiration. That was a very juicy opening. There. It was. It uh, had a gurgle to it. Uh, for, for a New England IPA, it would be so, interesting So to just, just point in fact, it's not biscuits made of kittens. Right. That the, is it, vastly different. And that would be, that's a good thing to note, yeah. Oh, this is a nice, uh, almost orange Man, looking, this is uh, pouring out thick like orange yeah, juice, Yeah, it too. sure is. A lot of viscosity. It's like there, almost neon. In the, yeah, it really is. That's a that's a very bright neon color. Um, I've seen some orange juice that is this color. Um, 
I don't know if the you know what the color of this reminds me. Do you ever get one of those little bitty cans of orange juice, the little tiny thing? Yeah, the little concentrate. And you pull the little thing, thing off the little tab thing off the top, and you pour it. In. They have a tendency to be that color yeah, for whatever yeah. for whatever it's worth. So, uh, so kitten biscuit says uh, pale malt, wheat, oats, lactose, and uh, so it's got some lactose in it. Interesting carapels. I don't know what that means. Uh, bale hops. Hmm. Uh, something whirlpool hops, citra and mosaic. Oh, well, so so what they're talking about is where they put the hops in. So so they put the hops in uh, in a couple of different places. If it's dry hopped or if it's put in when uh, when the mash is in the whirlpool. None whirlpool hops. Gotcha. Okay, citra and mosaic, and then dry hops are citra and mosaic. You can mm-hmm. definitely. Definitely smell well, that. Like, and, right and I was going to say, I get the flavor of both of those in these, but they work together actually pretty well. So, um, uh, so yeah, pale malt, wheat, oats, lactose, and carapels. This is, uh, mm, yeah, so they had no hops in the boil, citron mosaic in the whirlpool, and then the citron mosaic dry hops as well. This has um, the mouthfeel of that little juice that you were talking about. It does, well. doesn't it? It's and good. very little uh, carbonation right, at all. Which I kind of dig, actually. Um, I like this. It's got a sourness to it that some hazy uh, or New England style IPAs don't have. And by sour, I mean on the tongue sour, kind of like almost like a the sour of a grapefruit or a more sour orange. You know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? It's not a. It's not a, a berry sour or a, a Berliner Weiss uh, no, sort no, of sour. It's, it's more like it, a yeah uh, on the on the tongue kind of sour. It's more of a bitter sour mm-hmm. kind of thing. I kind of dig this. It's mm. not the the bitterness, and I it's not don't. It's not super hot bitter, but the bitterness kind of keeps it from being as refreshing as a, as other hazies. But uh, but the flavor is really interesting. So this See, doesn't work for this you. This has some things that I like in an IPA. It has mm-hmm. some dank. Mm-hmm. And I like dank. It has some... Uh... He speaks highly of you as well, <laughs> uh, by the way, just so you know. Back in the 90s, we used to play with a band out of Galveston called The Dank. Oh, that's a good <laughs> it band It was a name. good band Yeah, that's a very good band name. And you never know quite what to expect from that, too, which is, uh, which is <laughs> right. good. Yeah. Uh, but um, it has some dankness to it, and it has uh, a multi-profile up front. Mm-hmm. And, and so if I wrote down what was going on in this on paper, I would immediately like it. But it don't. I don't like the way it comes together. It, it's not hitting my palate. In what, a pleasant what's way. missing for you here? It's not missing anything. I don't think. Uh, I don't think missing is the problem. I think the way it came together, the parts are in a funny place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that uh, it mechanically came together weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not my favorite, but but I like it for a difference. One of the things that I've noticed because I I I really enjoy. Hazy and juicy IPAs, and I try a lot of different ones. Usually, mm-hmm. anytime I see one I haven't tried, I, I try to buy it and stick it in the fridge and and taste it. Um, I appreciate that they got to something a little different here. This yeah. doesn't taste like every other one. It's got its sort of own unique profile, and that I think is really cool. But I know what you're talking about. The bitterness keeps it. It does. Me, I I understand what you're saying when you say it didn't all come together the way you would want it to. Yeah, it just um, it tastes. It tastes like you had all these great parts, and it, like I've I've made meals this way where I had all the ingredients, and it just came. You had out. the ingredients right, but the combination just didn't it work just out didn't like work. you were hoping. And this, yeah. this to me, it's just not working on my palate like that. And and, and, and you know, 
in my mind, I think uh, I think this this shows all the promise of making a great IPA. It's just not. Well, I would I would say that while I like it, and I would definitely polish off the can. Had I opened this at home, I don't know if this would be something I'd be looking to go out and add to regular rotation. Yeah, and 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 for me, the more I drink this, the less I want to drink it. It kind of has that opposite effect mm -hmm. on mm -hmm. me. And as weird as the last beer was, you'd think that this one would be okay, but it's it's not doing it for me at all. I was also expecting something very approachable because they called it kitten biscuits, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, and I don't know how approachable this is. What I think the, this uh, is more ABV for, on this? Did we look at that? I didn't check. Does it say on the can? I don't know. Mm. Mm, just because your cat has kittens in the oven doesn't make them biscuits. Okay. It says right there on the can. It's 8.4%. Okay. Uh on untapped, by the way, it's it's a four out of five. So somebody likes this. Yeah, and 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 again, just because it doesn't hit my palate right doesn't mean it's not mm -hmm. good. It just means it's not good for me. Yeah, um, four out of five, uh, actually four point one five out of five, and that's out of forty seven hundred and seventy ratings. So it's not like it's five guys. Yeah, I mean, you know? there are people out there who like. Um, uh, American style barley wines too, and I, there's just, right, right. There's just I no it. telling what people I get like. It. Yep. I, I there are also people out there who would rate Budweiser at five. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm this is better I, than Budweiser. You got to give it. Oh that. no, no, I'm being I'm being totally silly now. No, um, no, it's just this is not my palate at all. I, I'm, By the way, if you don't spend uh, any time on Untapped, you totally should. Even if it's just to look at the pictures people put up of their beer. <laughs> you know, I, I did that a lot during the I pandemic. Have, I have friends who, uh, yeah. who like take a picture of everything they yeah. drink. I, I've never done. I've never been one to put it to on post untapped, on yeah. Untapped, but I enjoyed going on, especially during the pandemic when you couldn't like really get together with friends at bars yeah. and stuff. It was fun to go on and look at people who had done that in the past and see their beer glasses kind of sitting next to each other. Something. <laughs> Something heartening about that. Our friend Josh, who's always listening instead of watching, he's one of those like it must go through his must phone go through his phone before and be it gets to his glass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I understand. I understand. I don't do that myself, but I totally get it. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, it's tequila time. I understand our resident uh, tequila expert Liliana has uh, has checked in on the show notes. So she we'll, did. I'll read we'll, that when we'll, we come yeah, back. We'll hear from her, and we'll be tasting. Uh, go ahead and hold up that bottle, Ian. Ooh. This is the Milagro. Um, it is their special their barrel reserve, select barrel reserve, on Yeho. Yes, they did. They used to have the really tall bottles. They used remember? to have the uh, the uh, plant on the inside as well. Uh, remember they yes, had the. I do remember that. All right, so we'll be trying it when we come back. It's smoking and toasting. Smoking and toasting. It's the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. And uh, my name is Cruz. My co host is Ian Barry. Howdy, y'all. Adam, the producer on the Wheels of Steel. And we are so glad to be uh, hanging out with you guys and talking uh, cigars and talking spirits and talking uh, beers and the people in San Francisco that do the World Spirits Competition. I would say, by the way, that if, if you're going to get selected as the top spirit in your category and in any 
of the various awards that do that. This is the one you would want. It's probably the most prestigious yeah. of all of them to be named by these guys as the top in your style or, or, or category. And they did rums not too long ago. And I wanted to share with you, they did over 3,000 spirits, including several hundred rums this last year at the San Francisco World Spirits Competition. And it is the oldest spirits competition in the U.S., dating back to 1980 and the second oldest in the world. Wow. So pretty cool. Uh, its judges include some of the leading experts in, you know, in the different uh, categories. And they judge rum over five different categories. Best extra-aged rum, best flavored rum. Best Overproof Rum, and Best White Rum, and Best Dark Slash Gold Rum. Okay. So those are their categories. So uh, the best uh, in category, Extra Aged Rum, believe it or not, and this surprised me, was given to Appleton Estate 8-year-old. Oh, wow. Now, Appleton Estate, I will say, I've tried their, um, just sort of their standard straight-up rum, and I found it to be okay. Like, it wasn't bad, but it was more like... Rum you would use to make cocktails and and not Appleton is a Jamaican. Uh, it's Jamaican, it? yeah, yeah. yes, yes. Uh, and then I've tried their, uh, and I don't remember off the top of my head how many years it's aged, but it's more than uh, it's more than eight. I want to say it's at least twelve. It might be more than that. And I found it to be very good uh, and very distinct. So it's interesting they've chosen the eight-year-old as their winner in the extra-aged rum. And one of the things about rum is it's not it's not um, it's more like tequila and less like whiskey in terms of aging. Yeah. You don't have to be, you can be eight years old and considered to be extra aged in the rum category. Right. Uh, whereas eight year old as a whiskey, nice, but you're not thinking of that as some really old whiskey, you know, or, or, uh, well, most, I, I believe most rum and tequila, like an aged is a year. Right. A lot of times, and then anything over that can be mm-hmm. extra age. There's, I'm sure there's other guidelines to that, but as a general uh, idea about how different it is. Right, uh, and and so Appleton is one of Jamaica's, as you mentioned, famed rum producers. Uh, their estate dates back to 1655, and they've been making rum since 1749. They know so something clearly about Clearly they've learned a little something uh, along the way. Uh, Appleton Estate was a favorite brand of George Washington. Wow. So that uh, lets you know a little bit about uh, how long uh, it's been around. He reportedly served it at his inaugural celebration. Nice. Uh, so that's a kind of a cool thing. Um, all right. So let's see what else they, uh, what else they like here. The best in category winner for best flavored rum is Ron Cologne Salvadoreno coffee infused rum. Huh. So uh, it is produced by Ron Cologne Salvadoreno. The name suggests a venerable rum producer somewhere in the Spanish Americas, but the company has deep links to El Salvador, but it's a Dutch company. And they've only been selling rum for a little more than a year. So, yeah, so here they come like. Bursting onto the scene and win. <laughs> now I'll admit I don't do a lot of flavored rums. I'll do some spice rums. Yeah, uh, and that that would be flavored. That'd be as far as I kind of go into the flavor. But I'm intrigued by this this uh, coffee infused rum because it is a uh, not a big fan of spice rums. Yeah, uh, it's, it, it's it just depends, not a, depends again, on what you drink. It's not a palate. That, you know. Captain Morgan, not so much. No. Yeah. Um, the best in category white rum was Hidden Harbor white rum. It's a collaboration between 
Hidden Harbor, which is a tiki bar in Pittsburgh. <laughs> you don't you don't think of Pittsburgh first when you think of rum <laughs> or right? tiki bar or tiki bar. Right, yeah. Nice. Uh, and Allegheny uh, Allegheny Distilling Company's Maggie's Farm rum. Okay, and Allegheny so, is the county uh, yeah, around right, Pittsburgh. So right. It's Allegheny so, County. Yeah. Uh, white rum is an unaged rum. Like most uh, white rums, is typically distilled using a column still. Hidden Harbor was specifically designed to be used in daiquiris and contains a blend of sixty percent white rum from Maggie's Farm. 20% Queen Share White Rum, also from Maggie's Farm, and 10% from Jamaica. And the balance is an assortment of Caribbean White Rums from Guyana, Barbados, Martinique, and Trinidad. So at least they did, you know, they did some some blending here, you know, huh. and, and came up with something. I have not tried this, but I'd love to get my hands uh, on it. Uh, my favorite, you know, um, I have two kind of favorites in the White Rum category. One is uh, a Grateful Dane. Uh, who's one of our first guests yeah. on the show. Uh, and the other is I really like the Florida Kanye uh, white rum. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's just very good for me. We need to reach drinks. out to Ian and see how he's doing nowadays. Yes, we haven't had him on the show. We've had him on the show a couple of times, but Twice, both of yeah. them have been... Uh, a long time a long ago. Long time so, ago, yeah. you know, and I, I he's got he's got aged drums. By just now. turning off the freeway from my house for uh, for uh, a matter of quite a few months was a Grateful Dane billboard. Oh, actually. that's yeah. so cool! Just and made me smile. I still I occasionally it. wear the shirt he gave me that says Rum HTX. Yes. which is pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. All right, so uh, let me see. I think I missed. Oh, best in category for dark slash gold rum, they gave to the Zaya. Grand Reserva Rum, which is produced in Trinidad and Tobago by Trinidad Distillers Limited for Infinitum Spirits. Dark rums usually obtain their color from contract, uh, contact with the barrel wood, uh -huh. and uh, that color can be enhanced or duplicated by using caramel. Uh, but the rum does not carry an age statement. It's a blend of molasses-based rums that have been distilled using a five-column continuous still and that are at least 12 years old. Uh, I've had the Zaya Grand Reserva. In fact, we've had it here on the show, and it was spectacular. Yeah, yeah. Was really really good. So, uh, so those are your winners from the uh, from the international spirits competition. I did do my own, you know, just for fun, uh, little list of rums. And you said you might uh, come up with one out of your head. Do you want to go first? I will. Well, uh, um, so <clears throat> let me just yeah, let me just pull some right out of my brain because I didn't know we were doing a list of right. that. I should have let you know. But, you uh, should have. Uh, uh, I just thought of it kind of last minute and jotted down. Go a couple to of rum. Yeah. Um, I, I bought a bottle that uh, I went out and purchased it myself because no one else would. Yes. I bought a bottle of that Isle of Fiji rum. From Plantation. That, that has become kind of the go-to. Like, if I'm it's reaching so randomly for a bottle of rum, mm -hmm. that is definitely where I'm uh, going. I love the Plantation stuff, uh, and Doc's is so fun anyway, so we have that connection with them. Yep. Which makes it also good. Um, white rum. I don't know that I have a lot of opinions because I don't. Uh, don't do a lot of white rum, but I would have to say, you know, the Grateful Dane, uh, and I'm out of it at the moment, uh, the Grateful Dane, and then, um, and then I don't know that I tried a whole bunch of other ones. As far as the older... What was the one? You got one that was in a really tall bottle, and when we were doing the show while, uh, during COVID... Macombo. You loved that, I remember. It was yeah. good, yeah. Macombo yeah. was really good. Uh, it was in that really... Artsy looking funky bottle. Yes, yeah. And, yeah, that was really good. That was the Macambo. That was one that uh, was gifted to me from uh, my uh, brother in law. Mm. Uh, then, the, uh, let's see. Uh, 
the Florida Kanye 25. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. It's, how could you go wrong, right? It's so good. Well, uh, that makes my list, too. My top rums, not necessarily in order. The Plantation Single Cask Jamaica. Oh, yeah, Oh, yeah. my God, that rum is just so incredibly luxurious and delicious. Uh, the Ron Zacapa XO aged rum. Yeah. Uh, which we've also had here on the show. That is just also spectacular Also not particularly juice. expensive. And you mentioned the Florida Kanye 25-year. Honestly, particularly Ian, expensive. It's, it is expensive, but that I mean, their eighteen is wonderful at about forty five, forty six dollars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is much. The twenty five is much more expensive, but to me, it's one of the things that falls into that super special occasion. Uh, this looks like uh, uh, I kind of treat it like I treat. Reserva de la Familia uh, tequila. Right. You know, I, I only pull it out when there's something really special to toast <laughs> to. Special occasion and, ones. and mine is empty, so I'm. It's, um, a, it's, I'm, a real it's about treat. time. It's about time to invest. They were so nice. They gave all of us a uh, an engraved uh, bottle of it after they were on the yeah. show. Yeah. So that and, means when you go buy your uh, new one, you have to pour it into the. No, to- I totally will bottle. do that. I totally will do that. <laughs> uh, as I do now, I go buy the big bottle when I'm doing vodka. I go buy the big big bottle of Space City vodka, and I have a small bottle which doesn't take up as much, as much room, room in the freezer and i fill the small bottle from the big the one and stick it in the freezer, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, for me best spiced rum or best flavored rum uh, i would go with kraken uh kraken, oh you know i forget about kraken, kraken but i, I would still really enjoy that. i actually almost always have some it's not something i drink nearly as often as i used to uh but it is uh it is something that is particularly good with dr pepper and just a failing just on a my simple, part like yeah, Kraken and Dr. Pepper is amazing. Kraken blends well with a lot of yeah, it really like does. That. And uh, their and spicing I is not it overdone by itself in a long time. Their spicing is not overdone. And I had some actually recently, and was reminded, you know, this is actually quite good. It yeah. kind of got replaced. It used to be my kind of everyday go-to for rum, and it kind of got replaced by some others. In fact, it got replaced. Most recently by Plantation Xylophigi, which you yeah. mentioned. Uh, and, and we still do a lot of the Plantation Pineapple at our house as well. But uh, but before we kind of got into those, Kraken was sort of the everyday uh, thing. And I hadn't had any in a while, and I had some recently. And you know what? It's quite good. It's quite good. I'm, I'm pretty impressed. Huh. Uh, so uh, so uh, release the Kraken. Please do. I forgot about Kraken completely. Kraken's uh, all right, and I, uh, as much as I'm not a big Spice Rum fan, that's it, it's it's that's worth one of my going brother to. turned me on to. Yeah, yeah it's off, worth yeah. going to if you if you want to do some Spice. Liliana rum, Rodriguez yeah. says, "Guys, I will be tasting Leanda del Milagro uh, Reposado along with you. I have it in my tequila shrine along with the silver and another Reposado from the same distillery." Well, let me just, let me just, let's just pause for a moment. She has it in her. Tequila shrine. Her tequila shrine. It's a shrine. Yes. She actually wrote the word shrine. I love you, Liliana. You are the greatest ever. She's pretty amazing. She, that is just so good. Uh, anyway, not not her tequila cabinet, not her tequila bar, not her tequila display. Her tequila shrine. You so, are the uh, greatest guest we've ever had. I just want to say that. Right. She said, along with a, a, a silver and another reposado from the same distillery, it's a beautiful bottle with an agave partially barbed so that the core or pina can be seen. It is sealed, mm-hmm. but with the uh, with the years, it has evaporated somehow. Uh, it's, it is old, I guess. I saw the taxes I paid when I crossed the border with it, and I only paid a dollar. The cork was so dry it crumbled. From now on, I'll have to keep the bottles horizontally. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, Liliana uh, actually talked about this when she was on the show that, you know, over time, your bottles of spirits 
you know, are going to lose the intensity of their flavor and things like you know the corks and stuff you can have issues mm-hmm. with I've the had corks, corks and stuff. that dried out so and yeah so uh, so drink drink your booze people drink your booze yeah. you can only keep it so long that's right drink your booze uh, a couple other funny things before we taste this uh uh, Bruce Stark says, I heard if you're from Texas, then Dr. Pepper is actually its own food group. It is. That is absolutely true. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's a bit uh, of that. Uh, people in other states don't seem to have the same appreciation for it as Texans, but, uh, but yeah, it's a big deal here in Texas. <laughs> His other question was, uh, uh, I, he says, I figured I'd go to the experts. Someone said that uh, Crown Royals of Rye, never heard that before, true. And Wiki uh, Brian answers that Crown Royals of Rye, and yes, Dr. Pepper is a food group. <laughs> Thank you uh, for answers to both of those questions. Uh, yeah, Crown Royal is a ride. And then, and then Bruce comes back with the snarky. The three best things about smoking and toasting: son of Twirly Gig, Liliana, and okay, only two. Only two. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> he's right on the money there. Well, I got to tell you, I'm loving this on the nose because uh, I was, it smells beautiful, like it's, agave and buttery. I was going to say it. It's got more agave on the nose than a lot of añejos do. Yeah. A lot of añejos, by the time you get the aging, it's, what you wind up with on the nose is is more like, uh, you know, the the sort of maple and oakiness yeah. and uh, and and bits of uh, of um, you know a, a sort of a a vanilla. But this, you get a little bit of that, but you also get some solid agave. Buttery caramel. Buttery caramel, yes. Buttery caramel and agave is, is the way to describe the nose. There's a little this. saltiness on the nose. There's a little a little oak in the background on it. Mm. So it's but mostly buttery caramel. So it's really interesting that, oh. uh, because as you can tell, Ian, uh, I did go to the trouble to take the as you noticed, the mm-hmm. plastic off and, and make sure that some of this was taken out of the bottle uh, so that it would pour nice and easily for the show today. But what I'm going to tell you is that when I tasted this before, uh, my initial reaction is a little bit different than what I'm getting right now. So I don't know if it's the Taco the Tuesday and, and the other things that we've had. It's probably but being getting, around me. I make everything a little better. Well, I'm getting a little more of that toasty butteriness. Um, and uh, then I did the last time. Uh, the last time I tasted this, my first impression was, "Wow, lots of agave for an añejo," which is not a bad thing. But a lot of times, by the time you get to the aging of agave uh, of of añejo, uh, the other flavors kind of overpower the agave a little bit, and there's a sort of a richness to it. This. My initial thought was tasted more like a, a more traditional tequila, like a really, really good reposado. But now I'm really getting that, that sort of buttery, uh, that butteriness buttery that you talked about. Caramel, caramel like a praline kind of thing yeah, going on. Yeah, really a lot of that um, uh, coming through. What's your take? So a couple things, just uh, just observations about this. First off, it's peppery. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is very peppery, and in, a, in the best way possible. But the pepper—it's so peppery. It's like, have you ever had something that's been peppered enough to where it actually has heat from the peppers? Yes, you know, like a spicy heat uh-huh. from the peppers. Yes, so it's a little bit like that. It has a little bit of that spicy heat, which happens just just about the second third of the flavor going past. I remember when um, I was staying out in L.A. Uh, when I was just kind of setting up for my month there. I went to the, uh, you know, they sell um, liquor in the convenience uh, and like the CVS stores there. And I remember I went in and I saw this display of Hornitos Añejo at nineteen ninety nine a bottle. Yeah. 
And I was like, I don't think I've ever had. I've had Hornitos in, in like mixed drinks and stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever had their Añejo. So I bought the bottle, and I wound up drinking the whole thing while I was there. But it was so peppery. Yeah. And this reminds me of that on a much smaller scale. Yeah. It's got a little bit of that just super bright, strong pepperiness. But there's so many other flavors kind of intertwined with well, it that it doesn't take over. It's interesting because the initial impact on the palate is sweet mm -hmm. and vanilla and caramel. Um, and then there's a there's a great little butteriness. And then as you start to swallow, that pepper hits, bam, and mm -hmm. just spreads through the palate. And then after you swallow, that pepper leaves just a little linger, yeah. just enough to know that you had a little heat there, but not... Not in any unpleasant way. This is delicious. It really is good. This is this is fantastic, and I love the way it finishes the palate and leaves just a lingering, delicious pepper. Now, I will tell you that because of, I think, the way the pepper sits in this, you'd have to very, very uh, be very selectful on the, uh, selective on the cigar that you chose if you yes, were going to have it. Yes, I agree, it. because there's a lot of pepperiness here, and you would want something that that's not going to just bowl over. Yeah, but if you went some, with something a little more campfire, a little more barnyard, right. I think that that would actually really go well with it. So something like a Perdomo. Mm -hmm. um, a Lot 23, maybe. Yeah, a Lot or, 23, uh, or, mm -hmm. uh, uh, or the... Um, oh, what's the other one I'm thinking of? Is the... Uh, uh, Rocket Patel Cameroon. Yes, that has uh, a bit of that Cameroon spiciness to yeah, it to, that, to sort think, of stand up to this right, pepper. Right. Yeah, agreed. Uh, has Liliana chimed in with her thoughts about the reposado? Um, Not yet, but right. uh, 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 Wiki Brian was laughing about the on Stark uh, or on Stark. He said, "Oh, it's on Snark now." On Snark, yeah, that that, that does work. Uh, Liliana, if you're there and tasting the reposado, we'd love to know what you think of it and where you're. Uh, where your uh, expert uh, tequila recommendation comes uh, comes down, um, I remember um, I remember buying a bottle of this years ago, back when it was the tall bottle, mm -hmm. and uh, and I don't remember being as crazy. I, I guess what I'm saying is, I feel like I like it more now than I did back then. That might have to do with just the sort of expansion and, and change of, yeah. of palate. Uh, but I'm appreciating, I'm appreciating the agave. I'm appreciating uh, the sort of texturing of the flavors, and I'm appreciating the uh, sort of pure tequila taste of it. Is and, that a, is that a note? And from here Liliana? we are for the Liliana report. Here's my report on the Milagro Reposado. Uh, natural golden straw color. Nose is clean agave with notes of caramel, but I can also detect some whiskey scent. Taste is clean agave, slight spice. Um, Finish. Oh, <laughs> sorry, popped up with a whole lot more there. Uh, slight, uh, slight spice finish, delicious. Aged two to four months in American oak barrels. Won a silver medal in um, 2019 San Francisco World Spirits Award in October 2020. The original distillery of uh, San Isidro. Mm -hmm. San Isidro. Uh, from uh, Tepetilan. Tepetitlan. Tepetitlan, thank you. I'm so bad about that. Jalisco was purchased by a Scottish group, William and Grant and Sons. Oh, William and Grant, Grant and Sons. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, okay. So I didn't know William. So, that was yeah. a William Grant. Well, thing. It, it's a very good. It's a very good tequila, and uh, it would be interesting actually to taste the Reposado side by side with it. But, um, but I, I feel like this is a. Uh, you know, a, a well-established brand. Clearly, it was if William Grant and Sons bought it, um, and it's got, uh, it, it's got some serious tequila going on here. This uh, 
just makes me want to sit outside with my uh, chimney when it's just a little mm-hmm. chilly out there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that kind of warm, it's deliciousness. It's only midsummer, and you're already longing for fall, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty hot here in Texas. Well, I just like to point out the quality of the people we have that listen to and contribute to this show. Liliana gave like. I mean, her review just like blew mine away. Right. You know, it's just like, <laughs> and she's, she's just like, man, it's so, just a comment. She so knows what she's doing. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's just wonderful to be associated with her. All right. Well, I'm going to enjoy sipping a little more of this as we go into the break. Uh, when we come back, it's time for what has, um, uh, for reasons I can't fully explain, actually become one of the most popular segments on our show. It's time. For drinking news. Drinking news. And we'll get to that when we return. It's smoking and toasting. Welcome back, my friends. It is smoking and toasting. This program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by uh, the fine folks at MyCigarShirts.com. Great shirts on the web. For cigar lovers, go check them out and support them because they support us. MyCigarShirts.com because... Cigars. Yes, sir. Uh, thank you for joining us. We uh, mentioned... Uh, actually, we didn't mention yet, but I will mention it now, uh, that our special guest on the show uh, next week is Keith Taylor from Long drink and this was someone who was recommended to us to have on the show by our friend and our cocktail expert uh, Chris Morris mm-hmm. uh, and so I don't know exactly what long drink is all about long drink I think is a Swedish drink yeah but now they offer it in a can oh can uh, cocktail thing is becoming a thing yes yeah. and my wife adores it I think it's nice it's a, it's yeah. a nice drink uh, my wife adores it so it'd be interesting to see and try different flavors well, of it and as I think you know, any good friend of Chris Morris's is a good friend of ours. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Chris Morris, uh, one of the things we have not done nearly often enough on the program, not necessarily have him on. We've probably done that more than we should. But <laughs> uh, but but uh, but he will actually be returning to, uh, very soon, too. But Chris Morris was kind enough or, or drunk enough uh, to put together for us. Why, thank you, sir. I'll have another. Uh, he was kind enough or drunk enough to put together for us uh, an intro for Drinking News. We haven't played that in a while, so I think we should today, ladies and gentlemen, introducing our extremely popular Drinking News segment, Mr. Chris Morris. There's a podcast all about cigars and booze. <laughs> Hanging out every week with and and crew. Let me tell you a story, swear to God it's true. <laughs> well, a night 
us black and blue. Of course it did. Lord, I hope we don't wind up on drinking too. <laughs> Chris Morris, ladies and gentlemen, and and that's just so good. I'm really glad that we do it, did it today because I I don't know how good today's drinking news story is. You know, some of these are better than others, but uh, but at least we had the uh, yes. the, the enjoyable uh, drinking news theme song uh, from Chris Morris. Mama, I hope I don't wind up on drinking news. <laughs> a Florida man, oh, here he goes, caused a bit of a disturbance at a McDonald's restaurant. After he had told the police officer what he intended to do and was warned by the cop to stay the hell away from McDonald's. 62-year-old John Francis Morgan had told a Collier County Sheriff's Office deputy that he planned to go to a particular McDonald's in Naples and was told by the officer to stay away from the fast food joint because he'd been banned from the restaurant over a previous incident where he removed his clothes and caused a bit of a disturbance. Uh, Morgan, hey, sometimes it's hot in a McDonald's. Morgan apparently did not heed the warning, and he showed up the next day at McDonald's, where he once again got naked and performed what the arresting officer described as a very strange dance while singing a song. Officers responded to a call of a white male wearing white shorts, taking his clothes off and dancing, according to the arrest report. Police and at least one witness who observed the dance said that it appeared that Morgan was, quote, and I'm reading this word for, word for word here, trying to have relations with a railing in the restaurant, end quote. The man apparently has a number of previous arrests, including one the previous month for battery, and others which include breach of peace, uh, several for trespass, and for drinking alcohol in public, and for disorderly intoxication. <laughs> so, uh, police report does not state what song the man was singing which only leaves us to speculate maybe he was singing the drinking news song maybe some other possibilities might include uh ooh baby i love your rail that's a, i think that's a peter frampton isn't it um uh acdc's railway to hell oh, you've heard that no. one right uh ain't no mountain high enough ain't no railway long enough you know that one right uh, a little motown there uh kiss from a rail I think it was sealed. It did uh, right, that. right. Yeah. Uh, or possibly the first time ever I saw your rail. Oh, yeah. no. Um, one thing's for sure. Florida man John Francis Morgan was most definitely going off the rails on his own crazy train. <laughs> and that, my friends, is your drinking news. Oh, and see, this is what we missed by not having you in the ukulele. Because oh, you would do the true. little, little uh, drinking news outro song. Well, I, I, will, I promise I won't forget the ukulele okay. next well, week. Well, it was fun hearing Chris's uh, version, though. That was that was pretty special. We probably need to utilize that a little it was more. Probably, it was probably better than the drinking news story. But <laughs> you know how hard it is to find a hilarious story every week? So There's a lot of like weird news stories. Like I can go on the web and find weird. all kinds of crazy weird. But then some of them are like just kind of like, ooh. Like, uh, like <laughs> yeah. not the kind of weird that's funny, really the kind that. that you really don't want to think about, right? Or, uh, or some of them involve, you know, like 
what? So this guy already talked to a police. He was talking to a police officer and yeah. told him what he was going to do. Yeah. So apparently, uh, he'd been in trouble in this particular McDonald's before. And he was talking to a police officer, told him he was going back there. The officer said, I wouldn't do that if I were you. But he did it anyway. And this is when he and the rail became intimate. Uh, why was he talking to a police officer? I don't know. Well, who knows? It's, I mean, Flor it, it's Florida. <laughs> it's Florida. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Tom Petty's from Florida, and he is awesome. Well, there's lots of awesome people in Florida. My friend Dave lives in Tampa. He's, <laughs> he's awesome. I love him. Uh, but, yeah. He's uh, he's not getting into this, not getting into the same situations as the typical uh, Florida man. <laughs> By the way, uh, we are in the middle, or or maybe at the beginning, or close to the beginning, of another little cigar boomlet. Remember the cigar boom from back in the nineties when cigars the cigar boomlet. Yeah, when cigars became the the thing. Well, in April of 2021, cigar imports into the United States rose 133%. We're, we're in the middle of another little miniature 133% from when? From April of the previous year. But cigar imports went down because of COVID, right? Actually, no. They went up. I thought it was hard to get some of those. Well, some of there were there were some certain things that made it hard because of factories and stuff, but actual cigar consumption went up. Okay. And, okay. and so there was uh, there was a rush to import whatever um, whatever you stores had left, could, yeah. right, in order to meet the uh, demand. They say uh, the performance was impressive, but but somewhat expected. April 2020 was a troubled month for the world, as you point out, and the cigar industry was uh, was a part of that. Shipments were impacted by the pandemic, but. Uh, April 2021 was bound to be stronger, but now they say it was a strong month by any standards. Nice. Something that becomes really evident when compared to April 2019, before COVID, and uh, there's a 20% increase from April 2019. Oh, wow. So people are, people are uh, yeah, people are ordering, smoking, uh, buying more cigars, and it's a pretty cool thing, Yeah, I think. Uh, you know, my philosophy about cigars, you know. Cigar good. Cigar good, yeah. Uh, and I love how nuanced that is. It, it says a lot with two it words. Really, it really does kind of pull it all That's, together. See, that needs to not? be a shirt. Cigar Cigar good. good. I like that. Maybe that's mycigarshirts.com. <laughs> People will do that. I like that. With just like a, just, maybe a little imprint of a cigar. Just a little bottom. bit right here. Yeah, just says cigar, cigar good. good. That's mm -hmm. it. Like, it doesn't even be any mm. anything big. It'd be awesome. I saw, what was it? I saw something on the web this last week. Um... It was a shirt somebody uh, had done, and I thought mycigarshirts.com should should go for this as well. Um, it, but it was a shirt that had like it was like a pullover shirt, but it had had a pocket kind of like this, like a breast pocket, and on the pocket it said "Cigars go here," which I thought was awesome. <laughs> steal it, yeah, yeah. I thought we was need awesome. to steal that. Totally need, yeah, totally need to take that. That's uh, that's good stuff. All right, it is uh, it is bottle opening time. You do that so well. That's, you know? it, that's for real sounds it's, right there. I'm going to need almost, a couple of those. It's uh, almost as if you have done this before, like, if, as if you have some sort of practice, some sort of uh, previously obtained skill at opening these bottles and pouring them into uh, you know, cups and glasses. You don't get good at stuff if you don't practice. Yeah, and that's my important. college years <laughs> um, were formative. I had to do a lot of things to well, get good at life. Well, uh, that you know, practice makes perfect, as they say. 
And um, and that was one of those things that I that I uh, that I worked on very very hard. So, Ian, I am a fan of founders, uh, both for their uh, things like their breakfast out and for things uh, oh, yeah. like their IPAs that I really enjoy. The Founders All Day IPA to this day is my favorite uh, sessionable. Uh, lower calorie IPA. Uh, what can you tell us about this? Is there any info on the bottle for this uh, for this bottle series? It says uh, barley wine style ale brewed with roasted malts. So you know it's mm-hmm. going to be delicious. It also says Founders Brewing Company, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Mm-hmm. It says uh, according to the Surgeon General, women should not drink alcoholic beverages during pregnancy because of the risk of birth defects. You know we can't get through a show without you reading that. It says, "What's your nemesis?" This is. Uh, uh, here we go. Ours is a barley wine style ale brewed with roasted malts and no shortage of hops for a pleasantly bitter, mm. uh, booming flavor. Pour, uh, pouring with a slight and subtle mahogany. Hue, okay, mahogany hue, and a multitude of flavors that melt on your tongue. This is one nemesis you'll feel good about keeping around. So I'm a little worried from that description that this might be too hoppy for you. You're a more big, American style. You're a big. Uh, um, you know, it's funny opponent. because it's not that nosy. You're a big opponent of hoppy barley wines. <sighs> hoppy barley wines just don't do it for me. Yeah. However. The way you use hops mm-hmm. matters. Yes. Hop as a bittering agent is a very good thing in a, mm-hmm. any kind oh, of malty it's, beer. It's what it's really what more than almost any other ingredient. Hop. It's what differs one beer from another. Hop as a primary flavor in a barley mm-hmm. wine is not good. Yeah, uh, that's I, I get where you're coming from, and I actually agree with you. If I want a barley wine, I'm looking for the maltiness and the dried fruit. I'm not looking for a hoppy. I get barley roasted wine. malt on the nose. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting a oh, ton of hops. Sure. Roasted malt, even a little coffee on the nose. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So this right here mm-hmm. has hop bitter. Yeah, but not a ton of hop flavor. Well, it's it's got a little hop bitter on on the finish that almost almost finishes like a bitter coffee. Like you ever drink like a really bitter black coffee that's got that uh, sort of lasting bitter I that only it leaves. Drink black coffee. Okay, so you know what I'm talking about then. But it comes across to me more like that than it does uh, a bitter hops. Yeah, so uh, you can tell that it's hops, but it's not a hop flavor up front. So it's not like Bigfoot Ale. It has a bright, hoppy finish to right. it in a barley wine ale, which is confusing to me. Right. Um, but it's also not that deeply viscous, almost chewy, chunky barley wine type vibe. It drinks more like a standard ale. This is riding the line. Yeah. It's and, definitely riding the and line. And so how does that hit you, given given what we know about you and what you like about barley wines? <sighs> I like barley wines to be big and sticky. Mm-hmm. And this is less sticky than I like a barley wine to be, but it's still a nice beer. Yeah. So uh, I can't fault them on that. The hop is is very bitter on the tail end, but it's not a huge hoppy flavor. It's not pine coney bitter. It's not pine coney bitter. It's astringent though. Yeah, it it's is definitely. Well, it's it's like the coffee that I talked about. That's what it really reminds me of is is a very bitter black coffee. Hmm. It's kind of delicious. It's it's nice enough. I like it. 
Okay, I'm not uh, I'm not gonna rush out and buy this, but it's nice enough. I think splitting a bottle is the right thing to do with this because it's interesting. It's eleven point two percent. It's a different take on a barley wine, right? And and so it makes um, sense that this is one of their, you know, limited series. Flying Dog years ago, <coughs> pardon me. Flying Dog years ago made a barley wine called Horn Dog that was one of my absolute favorites. Mm. And it was big and ridiculous and sticky. Like, mm -hmm. you could use it to put things together. <laughs> <laughs> if it dried on your shoe, you might not be able to walk right. away. Uh, if you needed to lay brick and you'd run out of uh, mortar. <laughs> mortar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and this is not that. No, but no, it's definitely not that. It's a drinkable thing. It's not my favorite thing. It's a little too Americanized with the hops. But it's not bad. It's, it's well, not. It was one of the reasons I was so excited, actually, about opening this and having you try it, because knowing how particular you are about what you like in barley wines, and knowing how much I generally trust founders as a brewery, it was going to be interesting to see. I think what, what they, they went did. for was an American style barley wine. I think that they probably hit the mark, mm -hmm. uh, and they hit it in a way that makes it still palatable to me, because it just. Too much hops in a barley. Well, that's wine actually saying something, it, because generally speaking, you're you don't like American barley wines that much at all. No, I just I'm so, just not a fan. So maybe Founders has made one that you like a little better than other American style barley. Yeah, wines. it's it's uh, to me uh, an American style barley wine that's too hoppy is kind of like getting a nice classic peanut butter and jelly sandwich that stuff someone sticks some sardines into. Oh. That's a that's a really picturesque. You know what I mean? Taste, it's it's uh, like it's like it looks good on the outside, and then you bite into it, and you're like, "What?" Yeah. And you might like sardines, but yeah, I do. You know, actually. not in a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I get it. I totally do. I totally do. That's the gentle way of putting. It. I have a better uh, way of putting that, but uh, so yeah, it's drinkable. I, it's not my favorite barley wine, and, mm -hmm. and I love Founders to death, man. They they make so many good beers. I mean, Founders could just be in my wheelhouse for the next many years as long as they keep making their porter and their oh, uh, the dirty so bastard, dirty bastard, backwoods bastard, and they keep mm -hmm. making those things. And that's all I really care mm -hmm. about. And I I love that they stretch out and do stuff like this. I would love to see them do a traditional barley wine with less hops and make it just sticky and ridiculous. And and that would make me happy. You, know, you almost think of those. You ever get those uh, cinnamon rolls or cinnamon sticky buns that are just too sticky? Like that's the kind of barley wine yeah. that you like. Yeah, you pretty know, much. It's just <laughs> where it just gets all over you. You know, right? If it comes out of there looking like maple syrup, it's yeah. pretty close to what I like. All right, uh, real quick, we're going to share with you some um, some of the twenty two best gifts to get for a beer lover. Since Ian, my birthday will be coming up in a couple of months, and uh, now, my prediction is number one is going to be beer. Uh, yes, I, I think that goes without uh, without saying. Um, um, at Ulta Beauty Supply Stores, your wife drags you into one of those because she's uh, looking for you know stuff that she needs to buy in there. Uh, ask about their big ass beer soap uh, from Duke Cannon. Uh, they say it's not just a marketing stunt. Beer is actually good for your skin, and even if it's not, at least you still smell good. So, <laughs> well, I've spilled enough beer on myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, there's the Rumple Beer Blanket at Rumple.com. Uh, most koozies are like whatever, but Rumple has raised the bar with its superior camp blanket turned into a koozie. 
So camp blanket yeah, turned yeah. into a koozie. So I have to find that. Yeah, find that and check it out. Uh, Kickerland has for twelve dollars on Amazon a vintage copper bottle opener, and I'll just show you this, Ian, so you know what I'm talking about. Oh, that's, that's beautiful. The vintage copper uh, bottle opener. I'll uh, see if I can show that to the camera too. There it is. All right. Yeah, that's that is as that is as old school as a bottle opener gets, yep. isn't it? Yeah, I kind of without just being a church key. Yeah, I kind of I kind of dig that. Uh, Teku glasses. The Teku beer glass is royalty. Uh, it's stemmed construction prevents you from warming up your beer, and the thin curved lip makes for a smooth and easy sip. I love this. Fifteen bucks at Bed Bath and Beyond, Ian. I'm going to expect one of these for my birthday. <laughs> the shower beer holder. The shower beer holder. Yep. Beer I in love the shower. Blood Bath and Beyond. The it's a ultimate, beautiful place. The ultimate uh, chill out combo. Me and, me and my friend, when we were roommates back in the day, me and my friend Art used to just refer to it as Blood Bath and Beyond because it sounded a little more manly than we're going shopping at Bed Bath and Beyond. Yeah, Blood Bath and Beyond. I like that. <laughs> By the way, you mentioned that beer would be on the list, and it is. Three Floyd's Zombie Dust. Oh, yeah. Zombie uh, Dust made is the good list. Beer. Uh, they say uh, Three Floyd's recently expanded distribution in Zombie Dust is arguably one of the best craft pale ales out there. Uh, there's the Hop Solator Trio. Uh, ain't nothing worse than warm beer, they say. The Hop Solator is a koozie for standard 12-ounce cans, as well as Tall Boys. It even does triple duty by acting as a tumbler. Uh, there's the Beer Fizzle Square Coaster Felt 4-Pack, uh, which looks pretty cool. There's the Huckberry X Coors Banquet Corduroy hat. You can wear that if you want. I won't. There's Beer Map USA. <laughs> the Coors uh, Banquet Corduroy yeah, yeah. hat. It's you know it's you know the just a is it cold hat activated with a Coors logo on it. Yeah, I guess the Coors logo turns blue if it's cold. I don't know. Um, the Beer Cap Map USA. Every state has at least one brewery you need to try, and with the bottle cap map, you have more of an excuse to do a cross-country brewery crawl. Nice. You put the bottle caps in. So my uh, my uh, sister's boyfriend sent me a link to an app. What's it called? This is something we should talk about for just a second if you mm -hmm. got one. Please do. It's called, I have it on here, it's called Texas Brew Passport. So if you live in Texas... Uh -huh. You can open this up, and wherever you are, Texas Brewery Passport, and wherever you are, it will it will search your location, and all the breweries around you will oh, come. Oh, so that's cool. Now, if you want a more old school version of that, uh, there's a book at Barnes and Noble, thirty bucks, called "Where to Drink Beer." Uh, the Subtitle is Foam is Where the Heart Is, and nice. it lists over 1,600 places to drink beer recommended by beer experts, showing that there's no shortage of watering holes nice. to explore around the country. Uh, there is, uh, I'm not going to do every other uh, thing that's on this list, but I will share this one with you because you might want to get this. Michael Jackson, not the... the no, the beer. Guy, the beer guy. Writer. His Great Beers of Belgium is his latest book. Uh, he is uh, arguably responsible for sparking the craft beer movement in America. His books are a must on any beer lover's shelf, and this is his guide to Belgium's great beers, published back in 2008, but still extremely relevant still today. Still relevant, yeah. So I didn't go through all 22, but there are some good uh, 
gifts for beer lovers. Nice. So, yeah. And, of course, number one on the list for me, beer. Beer. Yeah. Uh, we'll be right back with our uh, final segment. Thank you for joining us today. Smoking and Toasting is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We'll be back to wrap up the show and a little preview of next week coming up. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. This program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Speaking of cigars, some new ones to watch for. Uh, Nestor Placencia is putting his family's Honduran tobacco on full display with a new brand called Placencia Cosecha. 149. It is named after the Placencia's 149th harvest, which happened back in 2014. Now that tobacco has been aging for seven years, and the Placentias have turned it into three uh, size line uh, into a three size line currently being previewed at the uh, PCA trade show in Las Vegas uh, and coming soon to your favorite smoke shop consisting solely of Honduran tobacco. Okay. And you know, we really enjoyed. Some Honduran puros when we were uh, oh, yeah. in uh, in Honduras at the uh, Aladino uh, yeah. uh, farm, um, but this is a solely Honduran tobacco. Uh, it's the Placencia Cosecha 149, blended with a wrapper from uh, Olancho San Augustine, a binder from Hamastran, and a mix of filler tobaccos from Hamastran, Talanga, and Olancho. The Hamastran leaf was grown from proprietary Corojo seeds that the company said it developed, while the rest of the Tobacco is Criollo. It sounds really spicy to me, and I'm, I'm, I'm like really excited about trying these. One of the things I loved about the Honduran smokes when we were at uh, Aladino is just how earthy they all were. Very earthy, They just yeah. had such a this-comes-from-the-soil kind of vibe to it in, in the very best sort of way. Um, anyway. Well, that, that Aladino Reserva... Mm-hmm. Just embodied that. Oh, wonderful! Yeah. And you love. Remember, you loved that uh, Lancero. Remember that l- the Lancero Maduro. Yeah. Oh. Man, I could not get enough of those. Ashton Distributors is adding a new line to the La Aroma de Cuba series, uh, called the uh, La Aroma de Cuba Passion. It's a six-size brand, a medium to full in body, and it's rolled by. Uh, not anybody that knows what they're doing, just my father's cigars in Nicaragua. <laughs> and it sports a Cuban seed cover leaf grown under shade. They say it is all about the wrapper and the, the not the wrapper as in yo yo, but the wrapper as in the cigar wrapper. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, uh, and the uh, Garcia family, owners of my father, uh, have grown this particular wrapper on their 300 acre farm in Nicaragua, about 45 minutes east of Esteli. And be on the lookout. For the Aging Room Rare Collection by Rafael Nodal. It's a new brand intended to offer small runs based on the availability of rare and superbly well-aged tobaccos, so says the mission statement. But what makes the tobacco in these upcoming cigars rare? In this case, it's a specific hybrid Cuban seed wrapper grown in Nicaragua by some guy named... A.J. Fernandez. <laughs> what does that guy know? Yeah, uh, on his flagship farm. There's also uh, a bit of the uh, Pelo de Oro in the blend, which is tobacco that's grown uh, in super small quantities uh, due to its uh, rare uh, low yield and susceptibility to disease, and it only grows in this one little area uh, near a volcano, and it's super rich. Uh, so anyway, be watching for all of those at your favorite cigar store. Ian, 
you have opened and poured a Lone Star. Just as a last parting shot, we've <coughs> what never is done going this. On? We have never done this. We've never had a Lone Star on the show as a... So, for, for our listeners and viewers who are not from Texas, Lone Star is to Texas what PBR is to... Other places, yeah. Except it's actually a better beer. It's it's a better beer. Uh, that's my opinion, anyway. We also have Pearl. Yeah, and Lone Star is a better beer. Lone Star is way better than Pearl. <laughs> Pearl is a fun place to visit if you're in San Antonio. Go visit the Pearl Brewery. There's all kinds <laughs> of cool stuff down around where that is. It's become like a hipster area in San Antonio. But if, when you're talking about beer, like like if you go to Austin. Uh, which is like the hippest place in Texas, supposedly. And you go into a bar to watch a band play or something, you're going to notice they've got on tap all of these super, super um, uh, hip craft beers and Lone, and Lone Star. Star. Yeah, and that's the way it pretty much is. That's the way else. it is. It's ubiquitous in Texas like Yingling is anywhere else. It's, and you know what? I think it's I think it's almost as good as I Yingling. I think it stands up. I think yeah. Yingling... Mm-hmm. Uh, Yingling is a good beer. It's nice though because, like Yingling, something we don't get around here, so it's also a different flavor. But Lone Star is something you don't get over there. So that, that's true. And Lone Star, if does, you're in Texas, try a Lone Star. And it does have the advantage of not being owned by Big Beer. Lone Star is not the best beer in the world, but it has a beautiful apple crispness to mm-hmm. it. It has a great, uh, very basic malt. <sighs> Listen, uh, flavor up front. If, if you had a choice between this and a Budweiser, this oh, wins all hands day down. long. Oh, you know yeah, what? Hands Lone down. Star's drinkable when it warms up a little bit too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Budweiser is not. Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah, we just hadn't had it on the show. I thought it would be fun. And here's a uh, for all you economists out there. Yeah, here's a fun fact: two six packs. Of Lone Tall Star. Boys yeah. <laughs> are cheaper than one 12-pack of 12-ounce cans. Okay, well, that's Just good so to you know. know for the economists in the room. <laughs> for the economists yeah, in the room. <laughs> that's always good to know. Do the well, math. Well, we've had uh, extra extra high-end tequila, and we've had Lone Star. I think it rounds out the show pretty well. So Yeah, yeah and, and it's way fizzy. It is, but I like that about it. But it's also light and crispy. It, to- it totally works. It's just fine. <laughs> well, uh, Ian, it's been fun just uh, doing a show with you and uh, Adam on the Wheels of Steel today. Uh, next week, however, uh, we will be welcoming in another guest, Keith Taylor with Long Drink. Again, referred to us by our friend Chris Morris, who did the, the Drink and News theme song that you heard today. Uh, so, you know, I have no idea whether we can trust him or not. Uh, but you said your wife loves the Long Drink, right? She does love Long Drink. And so, when she met the guy who happened to be the rep, she was mm-hmm. like, I've got to get your information. So that show is for her. Well, we'll be looking forward to uh, having him on the program next week. And the following week, um, this has bounced around a little bit, but I believe our uh, legal expert, Trey Boring, is going to join us. And it's just in time because there's been so much going on with the legal uh, fight for cigars, for premium cigars. And to be honest, I've kind of gotten confused about it because there's been so many things going this way and that way. So Trey will come in and clear it up. Plus, we'll talk about Cigars for Warriors and all the other fun stuff that Jamie's going to talk about. The trade show's uh, over now, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it'd be great this to last weekend, so. catch up on that. All right. So uh, so we want to thank you guys for coming in. We're going to toast you with a little Lone Star uh, going out here, which is a very Texas thing to do and makes it appropriate to say, cheers, cheers y'all. y'all. Yeah. Oh. 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 That's a stretch. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Oh, so, uh, my, my, my.